of the first preseason football games of the season. It is the LEF, K-O-E, man, and the freshly cut, freshly trimmed, <laughs> freshly out of the barbershop chair, David Ingber. We had about a 25-minute conversation before the podcast started about um, when you go to a barbershop, but you don't get the guy you want. Right. It's, it's this guy. You don't guy. think your barbers listen to this podcast, do you? No So way. I have no idea, because in his barbershop, he's just playing music videos all day, which I think is a cool move. Nice. Just like on the TVs around. Uh, so you don't have to like watch, you don't have to like get sucked into an episode of TV yeah. show, and then you get called to right. the barber chair and you can't keep watching it. I hate when they're showing like Law and Order or something in a barbershop, and then you get all sucked and in. Ice T's like, I think this was a murder. And they're like, <laughs> David? And you're like, no. no I, was gonna, I don't know who the killer was. Uh, no, it's this guy who's so nice, and he waves to me, and I walk by with my baby in the stroller yeah, and he's like yeah, just yeah. and and so I got a few haircuts from him when he started the shop and now it's a couple years later and he's hired new people but I don't know them I don't have trust built up with yeah. them but I show up I want to support the guy I want to support his store so now I'm going to this young guy and I've I told David I said well why don't you just wait and he's like bro when you got a baby you can't wait yeah you I take have, the chair I have 30 minute windows to get everything done that I need to get done and it's like okay I have a haircut I can I'm gonna run and yeah. get a haircut I don't have time to like sit behind three guys and wait I uh, I set up an appointment with uh, Chiaku Watsugama that's your guy it's a woman. Okay, it's a woman. And uh, she just got back from Japan, so now I can get a haircut. Nice. Yeah. But I, yeah, I, I could do it online. How long do you go between haircuts? I'm at about like, I'm a, I'm a three and a half week guy. Wow. I've always wanted to be a two and a half week guy. Oh, okay. Because you have to worry about things. You're on camera. You like yeah. do this stuff. So you have to worry. I, I'm a producer. I'm but a if I, I, I look at myself, when everyone looks at themselves in the mirror and they go, I need a haircut, that hits me about four weeks. Mm. Four and a half is when I'm like... I look ridiculous. When I can rub the back of my hair and then yank the hair with my fingers, then oh, I know it's way too long. That's how short your hair normally is. Yeah, no, no. I'm saying like if if I can like just you know you run your fingers through yes. the back of your head and you can actually like pull things easily. Yeah. That I've I've waited too long. Yeah, no. I like a little bit of hair. <laughs> Wait, I just I think the whole barbershop thing is so funny. So like when you get the mirror. And he shows it to you. Oh, another problem is that like you're watching it the whole time. So here's like, another problem. See, there though. wasn't a time where you were like, bro, I don't want that. You've never seen me wear glasses. I'm a contacts guy at work. Right. But on weekends, I'm often just like rocking let the glasses. It all hang loose. Yeah. I was just like, I'm wearing sandals. Put the frames I'm on. wearing probably athletic shorts and like a T-shirt from a company I used to work You're for. You're wearing a shirt that says Tom's Basketball <laughs> yeah. Camp 2004. Yeah. Like the, the 5K that I didn't even go to. Yes. Uh, I'm, uh, that's what I'm rocking. So I take my glasses off. You're walking off. around the city with blind. No, I'm just in the hair in the in the haircut chair because I have to take him off because he's cutting around right. my ears. So I'm taking off. So I'm basically seeing a very blurry version of myself in the so mirror. So you really have a big reveal. I have terrible eyes. I, I definitely cannot drive. David, wear contacts. I do, but like I don't, you wake <laughs> no, up for and, like, the for the barber shop. Sometimes I don't know I'm gonna get a, a haircut. I just I run out because I need to do it. Oh shit, I'm wearing my glasses again. It's, so then you come home, you put your glasses on, you go, what the hell just happened? No, I put them on in the barber shop, and the guy's looking at me. He's like, what do you think? And I'm like, I don't. Oh, yeah, thank you. Here's your $20. I got to go. It's a $20 haircut. What am I going to complain about? Oh, I remember when I first moved to New York, because the thing is, when you move, you don't have your, your guy. When I was in Louisville, I had my guy. When I was in Nebraska, I had my lady. And then and That's he, the most stressful thing about moving to a new city. Yes. Is like, who's your dentist now? Like, where do you go for this, that, this, that? And I remember I went to this barber shop and to sit down, the conversation's good. I remember in my head, I'm like, I think I found my guy. You got your guy. 
And then he spun me around and the bottom half of my hair was missing <laughs> in the back of my head. And he started it so high. And I was like, bro, what the fuck? And he was like, oh, this is the look. And I was like, oh, you're definitely not the guy. He's when, like, what do you mean? And when I, they're trying to defend haircuts based on like current trends that you're yeah. unaware of, you're like, I really have to go a real leap of faith I didn't here. I didn't realize but. 60th on the east side had a different <laughs> style. Um, a lot of stuff going on. Preseason football is going to be starting Thursday. We are in this weird, awesome slash awful combination of woe and damn it. And that's what I'm going to call it is we're in the stage where guys are getting injured in practice. Yeah, it's the worst. They're not even getting injured in preseason games. They're not even getting injured in regular season games. So Robert Quinn for the for the Cowboys breaks his hand. The entire Buffalo Bills offensive line, part of the reason why I was expecting them to like make a run this year. Mitch Morse has like his fourth concussion last five years. All the rest of their offensive linemen are going down. They got Russell Bodine in who I was texting with Warren Sharp. Is like Warren Sharp's least favorite player of all time. Like all of these great plans. And I think about all these podcasts that have come out over the last few weeks mm-hmm. from everybody, division previews and picking winners. It all goes away because like you start losing key guys like the Bengals. When AJ Green went down, it's all fucking different. Wasn't this Warren Sharp's big thing? He was talking on your podcast a couple of weeks ago. You were asking about overs and unders. And he's like, look, if you want to bet on somebody's over, wait until the millisecond before Great their reminder. first game. Because this stuff happens. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of bullish on the, uh, the yeah, Bengals he, over. Oh, wait, they just lost their which best is, receiver. Which is why he said, you know what? I totally forgot that advice. If you're going to bet unders, do it now. Yeah. Because the unders are only going to get better. No, no team is going to like. Suddenly, everybody has grown a third leg to <laughs> yeah, make, yeah. to be super healthy. No, it's they're only going to get less healthy. So, it's just that sad part of the year. I feel always bad for the athletes themselves because they never get to go out there. But then also, you know, it just it feels like you lose them to nothing. Yeah. You know. Um, so that's happening, but the preseason games start Thursday night. One guy that's going to be back in preseason, shout out to the homie, Matt Sims, uh, signed to the Falcons. Uh, I still, I still love that guy. Uh, fuck his brother, but Matt, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding, but I'm happy for Matt. And like from a football perspective, it works into a great spot. Matt Schaub looked awful in the hall of fame game. Other guy gets turf toe and that could last for like months and he's the only one there and I'm just telling you man like I I experienced what it's like through that family to possibly be told that you're never going to play in the NFL again Mm. and to for for Matt to go out there and start a camp and be working with kids and then to get that phone call and go we want you to come down like I can't it's like being born again it's like when you hear people that die on the operating team when they come back they're like I saw yeah. Like Matt's coming back and is like, I was teaching kids how to throw footballs. <laughs> like th- I just as a human, that has to be so cool. Dude, you, I, you know, I love those guys. The, the Kurt Warners, the, yes, the guys that were just sitting on their groceries. couch at some point, you know, the, the Jim Tom Sula's of the world. Sure. Just, you get that phone call and you're like, I'm back in the action, baby. I'm back in the game. Like Bruce Arians was talking about, about how he, um, you know, he, he tried to play golf a lot in his year off mm-hmm. and he realized he doesn't like golf and he doesn't like his friends that much. And he just wants, this is what he does. And, um, it's an identity thing. These guys go through it, but I, I was super happy for Matt. So I wanted to give him some love on here. A lot of people hit me up about the Baker Mayfield chug and how that is, should impact my ranking. Shotgunning is not the same as chugging. Did you see it? I saw the, the shotgun. Yeah. I just want to say that I lived in Nebraska. 
So I've been to parties and barns. So it's like outdoorsy. I've been, yeah. I've been with people that are unironically wearing overalls with nothing underneath. The thin school park. Like. And with, but like that's just what they wear on Tuesday and spitting. I have seen people bite into a beer can to make a hole. Mm-hmm. I've never seen the quarterback of an NFL team do it. And I just want to say it was one of the most impressive things I'd ever seen to tear through a beer can, the timing and all that, whatever, yeah, yeah. to just rip it. Like, I'm always, does anyone have a key? Does anyone have a pen? I'm a big fan of the fence post. Fence you post. Just, <laughs> the problem is, though, then, then you're going down. Yeah, but like you just, it's, it, it's going to get sudsy everywhere but anyway. One, I turned into like a dad really quick. I was like, Baker, your teeth, you're going <laughs> to hatch your gums. Like I got, but I thought that was unbelievable. It was, but again, it should not affect your chugging rankings because exactly. shotgunning a beer has nothing to do. It's These are apples and oranges. We're yes. talking, they both have to do with beer. But like if he played really well in beer pong in a viral video, would you say he's going to be a better chugger? Not no. necessarily. No. They're just beer related skills. They're not one that doesn't translate to the it other. Would improve him in my tailgate with a friend rank. Absolutely, because that's relevant. Yes, because then I know if he's that resourceful <laughs> to open a beer can with the teeth, what else is he going to do? Uh, do you open beer bottles anyway? Interestingly, uh, I, I, I like a lighter. A lighter's good, yeah. Uh, or I'm really good at ruining the ends of people's coffee tables. That's the thing, yeah. So the, the, you have to be Kakush. in a very specific place, like some bar where people do or this. Or an it's, Airbnb. No, don't fuck I, with some so, guys' furniture. Well, no, some place that I, it's, they're not going to notice. But, like, I don't want, I don't want to be like, and then, like, t- Timmy's mom walks in. I'm like, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other way that I like is the, uh, you fold up a piece of paper, like, eight or ten times in a row until it basically resembles a lighter, and then you can nudge oh, it under. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a nice one. Man, I'm more of a tequila guy, so I'm not really doing beers. But I just thought, uh, Baker... And and the whole energy of Cleveland right now, like I'm seeing the reports that um, there's this buzz in the locker room that Kareem Hunt has been so impressive that they're like, holy crap, we get him back in week 10. And right. it's like they're going to get this second surge and like all and just but the fact that you have a quarterback with a mustache like that on the screen wearing a, a Lindor jersey, mm-hmm. biting into a beer can and chugging it. That is literally how you get the entire city rallied around. Oh, 100%. And I do like when guys go move to a city that they're not from and then just embrace Fully all the embrace other sports it. teams, right? Like the, the Tennessee Titans in uh, embracing the Nashville Predators right. when the offensive line shows up. Um, Boston is very good about this. Like Tom Brady's always at the Red Sox LeBron games. did it a ton when he was with the Cavs to the same Indians team. And it's like, you know LeBron is a Joel Embiid was at the Phillies game. Right. But you, you got to see it. And I think I genuinely think that Baker Mayfield has become a big Cleveland Indians fan. And I dig that. I dig it too. Yeah. But he looks like every guy that I've ever met in Cleveland. <laughs> right. With the mustache and the Lindor jersey. Like, yeah, yeah. All of them look the same. Um, We are going to have an interview a little bit later with Vince Carter. It's going to be our final interview from Tahoe. And we talked about if he was going to go to the Hall of Fame, what dunk would be played at his ceremony, Mm -hmm. what it was like seeing the team that he was on all those years and the Toronto Raptors finally win one, and he's not a part of it. Uh, I talked to him what it's like being 44, was it? It's 42. I heard he's the same age as... A teammate's dad. He's yeah. He's like a month or two older than Trey Young's dad. That's insane. So Trey Young's is twenty. It's his second year in the league, and he's twenty. Vince is forty-two, and his you know his dad is like forty-one and a half or something. Uh, but the other thing that I think I think you guys will appreciate is Vince Carter is an enormous 
Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. Yeah. And we spent like half the interview talking about Simeon Rice, Warren Sapp, and Rondé Barber. You know I love talking to athletes about the thing that they're not allowed to talk about yes. very often. Right, Vince Carter, they're asking him, hey, how about that uh, that 2000 dunk contest? When like, you dunked, did you know that Kenny Smith was saying it's over right, when like, you were doing that? He's he's had that conversation, yes. but you're like, hey, what's up with Warren Sapp? And he's like, oh, you want to like about- sat up in his chair <laughs> and was like, I love the Bucks, bro. Like, I go to all the games and blah, blah, blah if I can. I'm like, that's amazing. You know what? Because people ask you all the time about like how to get into sports media. Yeah. That is one concrete piece of advice I can give you is find out something random about an athlete and ask them about that, yes. you'll get a very interesting sound bite. They light up. Which is why, like, when you ask Bill Belichick about Tom Brady, he doesn't want to answer you, but if you ask him about some lacrosse player from the 90s, he'll talk your ear off, and oh then you God. get an interview with Bill Belichick. And and then maybe you could get something alpha of that, and you can, like... You could parlay that into something. Yes. Always talk about what people kind of want to talk about. The hardest thing is figuring out what hasn't been asked yet, because... Mm-hmm. I think sometimes cr- in, uh, research can be crippling because it takes you down these paths that so many people have already gone down. And then it's like, okay, what town did he grow up in? Okay, well, what do people in that town like? Right. You know what I mean? You have to like generalize it in a way to kind of go, okay, well, if he grew up in this area of Florida, who did he root for growing mm-hmm. up? And, and I love making athletes remember that they're fans. Yes. That's the coolest thing. It, yeah, it's the second wave of internet web. You know, you can Google like, okay, what's Saquon Barkley like? You're going to find his wiki page. You're yes. going to find his ESPN profile. You're going to find all these interviews that he's done recently. But if you can go deep and you can find something about him or his past or something he was a fan of or what poster was on his wall as a kid, yeah. you build from that. I uh, We need to get into hard knocks. Let's do it. So this was, in my mind, the most hyped hard knocks in a very long time. Mm-hmm. And at every reason to. It's Raiders. The elements are there. Not only is it the Raiders, we're getting John Gruden mic'd up. Mm-hmm. We're getting a brand new GM that came from television. We're getting the, what is going to be, how the hell did they land Antonio Brown? Like, I, I was so excited to see with the mustache, and maybe they have phone calls they went through, and, and Mayock in the draft, and taking Cleland Furl, and no one even thought about it. Or uh, we're going to get uh, Josh Jacobs and the story of him growing up in the car and moving to Vegas, and the character that's Mark Davis, and Fontes, perfect, Richie and Richie Incognito. Incognito. And there are they just so kept coming many through the door. You're like that guy and that guy. Yeah, and, and I went, I went, this is incredible. And I got to say that the first episode was a little disappointing. Okay. Except for one thing. Oh, go ahead. It's the Jonathan Abram show. Yeah, it's the Jonathan Abram show. Our fucking rookie. Our rookie, Jonathan Abram, is the star of Hard Knocks. Everybody should bow down, and if you're annoyed by him, I will fight you. And that goes to Pat McAfee, who texted me that he's a little bit annoyed by him. Pat, I know you got a lot of jobs. I'm going to go to one of them. I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> Pat would probably kick my ass. Um, we were talking downstairs. This is the new HBO model is the first episode of a season is the Game of Thrones episode, right? Where not anything quite happens, but you're sowing the seeds for things to happen later on in the season. But my issue is every first episode of Hard Knocks takes you to where we are in the current day. Sure. Usually it's like, who was it last year? Um... You're talking about the, with the Browns? Browns. Da-na-na-na-na-na. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it's it took me to draft day. And it, yeah. it explained to me who Baker Mayfield was. And it explained to me who John Dorsey was. And it it went, it showed a clip of like Hugh Jackson. Like it would be like Hugh Jackson walking down the hall. I'd be like, good to see you. And it'd be like, Hugh Jackson has been the head coach for two seasons. We got nothing. 
I think though it went through the John Facenda, which I thought was great. Yeah, playing the old the Autumn Wind is a pirate, and the then putting Raiders it over. Just, as soon as I heard that voice, I was like, ha, 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 ha. Autumn Wind is a Raider, putting it to the music. But the first thing we got to was Antonio Brown on the field. Yeah, a lot of footwork. And I said this to you downstairs. Every single shot seemed to have been gained over the last week. You're a producer. Mm -hmm. You know that when you're sitting there to do a story, you have an arc. And you're going to have episode one, episode two, and episode three. Episode one felt like an episode three to me. There was no character building. We Like, they put Jonathan Abram throughout 80% of that show... They never said they never showed Jonathan Abram at college. They never showed him like like he was just a rookie. And the only reason we knew his rookie is because he's pushing five hundred dollars worth of snacks. <laughs> the only person we actually got like background B roll on was Antonio Brown scoring touchdowns. And yes. I was like, we all have seen this. We like, know who that is. <laughs> yeah, um, I did find that it was. I thought it was an interesting directorial choice, and I kind of disagree. Like from a producer Please. standpoint. Um, I think people that are tuning into this show, they know who John Gruden is. They know what's going on with the Raiders. They they went straight in in medias rest. They went in the middle of things. They just yeah. went, here, let's just get to practice because we all know that John Gruden was on TV for 10 years. Then we all know that he won the I Super just, Bowl in 2002. We know this stuff. Let's just get to practice and, and let's just I was there, I'd go, I'd go, look, this hard knocks, the reason that the Adam Lefkoe's of the world like it so much mm -hmm. is because it's really for the common fan and the people that watch HBO but don't pay attention to the NFL every day. And so I love the story arcs that they normally do. Right. And we didn't, you know, we didn't. We didn't get the 4 a.m. alarm clock. We didn't get all that stuff. Isn't it, this the new wave of media, though? Just where, getting right into it. Yeah, you're just there's You don't want to waste any time because people's eyeballs, like the the real estate that we're looking at, is so precious because yeah. people are watching this thing while going and on I, Twitter. And, and the thing that I would argue to that is, if you are the storytelling platform of Hard Knocks mm. and HBO. Be the premium. Be the be the group that's not trying to keep up. You're not Roto World. You're not Pro Football Talk. I, I don't need like. Also, thank God Ronald Ali's off the show. Like to all the Last Chance You super fans, which I've found none of you. Like Last Chance You is a great show, but nobody's sitting there with Ronald Ali like he's in a K-pop <laughs> band. But that storyline, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, there are, I, I named twenty things earlier. I do not care about Last Chance You. I mean, it was it was like that. That it was it was like a. The most yeah. interesting Ronald Ali moment was the clip from yes. Last Chance You when, when he was he's like rolling. rolling across the field. Like I was like, that's amazing. Give yes. me more of that stuff. But I, I thought overall, um, kind of going through the entire show, I do need more Gruden. Yeah. Uh, and I will say before I get to all the great you moments have a of Jonathan Abram in your back pocket, I, not not good. I don't either. But I, I had a I want I, one. They had me doing Gruden lines for Gridiron Heights, uh -huh. and then halfway through, I, they. Dennis was like, your accent's completely changed. I go, I lost it. It's never coming back. I'm not going to be able to do it. But he had a few that I thought were great. Um, one where he was like, this isn't the Gator Bowl. This isn't the Peach Bowl. Yeah. This isn't the Blue Bonnet Bowl. His whole nightmares speech was awesome. I'm not here to give dreams. I'm here to so fucking yeah. good. Uh, the fact that he's in there and he's talking about no rookie hazing and they just showed Rich Incognito like two seconds before <laughs> I thought was good timing. Yeah. Um, and he he has these things where he gives that look. But he had that one where he goes, we can lead the league in effort, man. It, that doesn't I, take talent. Doesn't take talent. It's a decision that you make. And I was like, oh, that was really good. I don't know if this is on your list, but he also had like those four rules. He's like, be on time, bust your ass, 
There was like two more rules that were like, uh, yeah, it, try hard. Yeah, it was like, don't was, be an idiot. <laughs> yeah, com- like use common sense. Pretty simple. I really like that. I was like, those are the four rules that John Gruden lives by. Like, that kind of works in almost any field. Bill Romanowski is just like walking around the sidelines and stuff. Mm-hmm. But the other Gruden lines that I really liked was he leans into Derek Carr. And he goes, be careful of Abram. Be careful of 24. Like, giving him notes like, hey, Abram's kind of crazy at that one practice. Yep. I loved that practice. We're, we're getting into Abram in a second. But he also goes, um, uh, he had one line where he's looking at Antonio Brown. And he goes, hey, man. He goes, can you uh, slow down? And Antonio Brown was like, sometimes you got to bring the juice. And he walked away. And Gruden looked at his assistant and goes, when he's out here, out here he elevates everybody. And I was like, Gr- like, I want Gruden to be obsessed with AB. Yeah. Like, I want him to be obsessed with Abram. Like, I want Gruden to have favorites because I know he plays favorites. So it's fun to know who his favorites are. And then the last one I liked when they were doing the homage to John Madden with the seven-man sled. Yes. And he goes, this ain't no college two-point stance bullshit session. (laughs) And I was like... Those words combined into a sentence are fucking awesome. I love that. I want to have like a John Gruden soundboard for the rest of the year. So just like anytime you say like a, a, like like a lukewarm take, I can be like, this ain't no two point soundbite, you know, yeah, like motherfucker. Yeah. Um, the AB foot storyline. Uh, I know that Ian Rappaport is claiming it like his own news story. I'm going to give uh, credit to the old homie Sims uh, for f- this cryogenic chamber. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been in a cryogenic chamber? No. So I have, and I did the gloves and they put very thick socks on you Mm -hmm. and you go in there and you wear shorts. And so like a lot of your extremities are covered and your head obviously doesn't go in Mm -hmm. and it's that standing tube and the temperature gets to like minus 280 or whatever the degrees is. And apparently Antonio Brown in went in barefoot and has frostbite on his feet. Oh, my God. And, as we saw in Hard Knocks, can't control himself from going 100 miles an hour, and then goes to the doctor and goes, my feet hurt. And the doctor goes, I told you not to run 100 miles an hour. And I just know that as someone who nicknamed himself Tony Totap, and someone that we always credit about being able to get his feet down, I don't know if you know anyone that has had frostbite, serious frostbite. I was. I grew up in Boston. Yes, I so did. I, I was talking to my dad last night. My dad does air conditioning and refrigeration. He's handled a lot of Freon. He's gotten frostbite in his fingertips before. Oy. But you know what happens when it gets cold now? He can't feel the tip of his fingers. Right. What if Antonio Brown ain't feeling the bottom of his foot, David? Like, how is that impacting routes? How is that impacting cuts? How is that impacting putting your feet down on the sideline? Like, I know that this is, I'm extrapolating my dad to Antonio Brown, but if Antonio Brown is on his feet and the speed of his feet is everything, and and you could tell when he starts saying quotes on that show about, I got to do this for my livelihood, which means he's pushing through pain right now. We're having pain and he's not running 80 routes in a game. He's practicing. I, I, and I'm looking at all the money they gave Antonio Brown, and right now I'm going, this first season might be in deep, deep trouble for the, for the Raiders. What if we go the other way? What if having numbness in the bottom of your feet is like a superpower, and he can just like run faster, and like he doesn't even feel the pounding? And he just comes back after the game, and his, he takes his cleats off, and pools of blood come out, and he can't <laughs> even feel it? Yeah. Sure. I mean, I'm just speculating here. Like, if you're speculating, yeah, I can yeah, speculate, of course, too. Of course. I want to go the superhero narrative. I, 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 what, what if his entire body can't feel anything? <laughs> yeah. He's indestructible. That's like that character of uh, the movie Kick-Ass, right? 
The oh, kid, like, he couldn't feel pain, couldn't so he could feel just, pain? like, he would just fight with burglars until they got tired, and then so, he punched So them. the worst thing is Antonio Brown's feet are falling apart, and it could end his career. The the other part is he's indestructible and could be a superhero. I don't know. I'm just saying this just seems saying like— anything could happen. Tune in to Hard Knocks next week. <laughs> Who the fuck knows? Um, I think that's, uh, that's an interesting take on it. But that's what I'm here for. I just know that if I signed, like, 40 million guaranteed to a wide receiver and he yes. showed up with that picture of his feet, I'm freaking out. Let's talk about our man, Jonathan Abram. You thought him coming with the food and the candy is the best way to get introduced as a football player in any show. Uh, yeah. Well, so as, as you know, when I might I'm, be hyping it up more than <laughs> whenever I'm watching a reality show, I pay a lot of attention to the intros of new characters. There's foreshadowing, right? It's, it's a lot of foreshadowing. It's a lot of just doing as much work with showing, not telling. Mm. Right. So when you are watching, I don't know, let's say like a real housewives show. And the first time we see some new housewife that's on the show and she's got like a jug of wine in her hand and she's saying like, bring me my socks. Yes. And you're like, okay, now I know exactly who you are in yes. three seconds. So in five, seconds we saw Jonathan Abram going through the parking lot doing his duty you know he's but like complaining about it calling other players bougie yeah. some of the, the candy, they want me to go to Target not Walmart because they're bougie <laughs> the candy falls all over the parking lot and he's like damn it and he just picks it right back up he doesn't ask somebody else to help him it was oh. like we got a lot of Jonathan Abram character development in five seconds I just thought it was really well done really well chosen as an introduction to clearly someone that's going to be a, a, an important character in this show this is me sharing the truth I was so proud in that moment. He's your guy. When he went, when they started showing exactly what you're saying, I go, they're giving him the rookie showing up to camp, like montage. Yes. That's what I've always wanted. And I felt like a proud dad. What I did not expect was for him to be like 80% of the episode. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of Abram. He comes in beyond the whole, uh, he goes horseback riding with Cleland Farrell, talking about how he owns two horses. He does the Wayan Brothers theme song, mm -hmm. and then... He catches a grape in his mouth, which, you know, is an important I skill. I didn't even see that. Oh, yeah. Cleland, like, tosses him a grape. I from, missed that. Oh, yeah. But then he's doing Old Town Road. He says, hey, put that as the background music. He's now like, setting... He, now he's the executive producer of Old... <laughs> he's the music supervisor of Hard Knocks now. And then he's getting yelled at in the very next scene for hitting people in practice. I'm laughing because... I do pay attention to every news story, and all the news stories coming out of Raiders camps are coaches and players love his intensity. That was the first practice, so obviously it's calmed down. But when I went online, there's a lot of hate for, for Jonathan Abram right now. People saying that like he's reckless, and, blah, blah, and I'm like... He, he's not any of these things. First of all, good to be polarizing. You don't want to be ignored, yes. right? If no one was tweeting about him, that would be worse than if some people liked him, some people hated him. I wanted to get your take, though, that conversation he has with Gruden, because you've been on a lot more sidelines yep. and a lot more locker rooms. Uh, you know, John Gruden is saying the thing that he has to say, which is like, hey, don't fuck with my guys. You know, we're not wearing pads yet. We're wearing shorts. Don't lay people out. And, you know, you could tell Abram had a little smirk on his face. Yes. He's like, I didn't touch him. You know, like yes. he was doing that thing. In your mind, was Gruden saying the things he needed to say because he's a coach, but in the back of his head, he's like, I fucking love this guy. I love how hard he plays. There was one moment where Gruden's talking to Tahir Whitehead, and uh -huh. Whitehead's going, we need to protect each other. We can't be doing this. And Vontez Perfect leans in, and there's no audio, but he just goes, kind of like, I fucking like it, coach. A little shrug, yeah. And the thing is, is 
I think Gruden has probably been in his ear for two months since minicamp mm. being like, I need you to bring that. I need you to bring it. I need you to bring it. And I think Gruden was serious, though. I think Gruden's like, you're you're knocking guys to the ground. And the one thing I know is the NFL coaches more than anything hate when people are on the ground in practice because that's when leg injuries happen. Sure. So when Luke Wilson goes to the ground, if the wide receiver trips over him, you might lose Tyrell Williams for the year. Right. So I do think that was serious. But it's kind of like if you had a dog and every time you you had a, a, a wrestling match and then one time you gave it and said, don't wrestle me with this time. And the dog's like, but we wrestle every this time. This is our move, yeah. That's what it seemed like to me. And then Gruden did exactly what he had to do, which was go up to the wide receiver afterwards and go, I talked to him, we're all good. But I'm also positive that Gruden probably went to the coach afterwards and like, I love it. Mm. Like, that's the kind of shit that I love. But also, don't forget this ever. Gruden is an offensive guy. He he appreciates angry defenders, but in the end, if you mess with his offense, right. he's got a problem right. because that's his baby. So I do think it was serious. I just think he's been hyping up Abram for the last like two, three months, and now Abram's like, bro, I'm giving you exactly what you wanted. Right. And look, they're, we're recording this on a Wednesday. They're practicing against the Rams today. If you don't think that Abram is going to be jawing at Brandon Cooks mm-hmm. and jawing at Robert Woods, that you don't think he's going to be going to Robert to, to Brandon Cooks and going, I saw you get concussed in the Super Bowl. I'm going to do that to you today. Like, remember, Jonathan Abram said on this podcast he's a researcher. So <laughs> his shit talk is developed. And I I think now the whole you're going to, I think my prediction is for hard knocks is you're going to see the same teammates that were like, yo, chill out. Be like, yo, that's who you hit. Like, I think it's going to turn. Can we ask the 33% to help out our man, Jonathan Abram by doing research? Like if you went to high school with some guy that he's playing this week, Ooh. like give him some inside info. Like, oh, his, his girlfriend in eighth grade was named blah, blah, blah. Let's know? do two things. Let's go. If you see media people going after Jonathan Abram. I don't want you to insult them. I don't want you to get angry. I don't hate breeds hate, but I want you to go. I just want you to say, I, I love and will always love Jonathan Abram hashtag 33%. Mm -hmm. And, and to the other point, well, well, I think this is a good regular season thing. Every time the Raiders play somebody, we we have the the listeners research some stuff on the receivers of the other team, <laughs> and I'll hit up Abram and go, here are the ones that we're using. Here's what the internet has and provided. Then, and then what I would love, this is, we're producing live on the show right now, on Mondays, I'll hit him up and be like, did you use any of them? And if you did, what were their reactions? And then if we catch it on mic'd up at some point. Oh my God. Now, now we're talking. Now we got something. Yeah, I heard they used to cheat, trade bologna sandwiches for hostess. <laughs> yeah. Um, I heard you got a C minus in chemistry and a lot of people got upset that Jonathan Abram uh, was talking about Derek Carr's money. Yeah. And that they thought Derek Carr was weirded out by it. I'm just going to say that I thought that Derek Carr was playing to the cameras the entire time. I like Derek Carr. He came across as a cool dad. That, I think, you know, I like that's a cool why dad. you loved him because he came up as cool. He just seemed like he always knew where the camera was. Yes. Um, Hyper media trained salmon or salmon. Do I say? What, what do I say? Nobody I say salmon. Salmon. Uh, I mean, nobody says salmon. I salmon, mean, yeah. But for Abram to have that and the gelding, he made the credit roll too. And he went up to G Easy, the white rapper, and said, "I heard you, and I knew you were black." Like, I, I, I really felt like a proud dad. Like, and and then I went online and I typed in Jonathan Abram Hard Knocks, and it was like all these people hating, and I was like, I will fight all of you. Yeah, I'm so happy for him. Um, Guy Fieri made an appearance. Mm-hmm. 
And Richie Incognito saying that Guy Fieri is my guy is like the least surprising thing I've ever heard in my entire life. That's going to be a show at some point, right? What did you think about Guy Fieri having to stand in the fan section, but g Easy was out on the field? Uh, that's an interesting one because he was talking about like I've, I've cooked for these or I want to cook yeah, for these yeah, guys yeah. and I, I said to you downstairs it's like that moment when Drake couldn't get into the Miami Heat yes. locker room I was I kind of was like yo guy are you like one thing I'm fascinated by and this is not just sports this is with actors it's the the tiers of celebrities that we have in our life right like I feel like Tom Hanks can just show up on any movie set and they're like, oh, you're Tom Hanks. You can just like stand yes. next to the director if you want. That, welcome. We're yeah. so glad to have you. Whereas, I don't know, if uh, Ansel Elgort shows up on a movie set, they'd be like, yeah, you're really good. But like, what are you doing here, man? Right. There's, there's tears. Well, I always I think of this guy Fieri is someone that is so uh, such a distinct looking human that people naturally go, Oh shit, I like that guy. I'm going to go talk to him. <laughs> but then what the hell do you talk to Guy Fieri about? Cooking Sandwiches? anything good lately? Yeah. How's the donkey sauce kicking? That's that's what I'm saying before. You have to be prepped for that moment. You have to find out that he's actually like really into Manchester United or something and then ask him about that. Yeah, but it was I I just they were just standing there. They didn't know what to say to guy. Like I don't what do you say to Guy Fieri? Uh, where do you get your I shirts? love Giners driving. <laughs> Who's your barber? Yeah. Do you have to wait in line? He cuts his own hair, probably. But I, I said this uh, to downstairs that um, Incognito and Antonio Brown was the water cooler of generic NFL conversations. Oh, I do like this. So, yeah. like, Antonio Brown comes over and Incognito's like, hey, welcome to the team, new guy. And Antonio Brown's like, yo, what's going on? And Incognito's like, yeah, man, you know, just got a first season. And AB's like, yo, y'all are big up front. And Incognito's like, yo, we're big as fuck up front. And they're like, ha, ha, ha. And then Tony Brown's like, you're going to make some holes, man. I can run. Oh, I can run through them holes. Oh, and the I'm going to talk to you later. And it's like, what'd you do this weekend? Oh, man, nothing. Yo, sometimes nothing's the best thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh. Working hard or hardly working. Oh, man. And that was just like the NFL version That's of it. That's their shop time. It was just Incognito and AB just being like, man, you're going to open up some holes <laughs> big enough for you to run through. Woo! I That's thought it was so funny. Yeah, when you find out that like certain really, really famous people are best friends. And then I wonder like, what do they talk about? You know, like what, what is, I can't even think of a good example, but like two, two really famous athletes, like LeBron and Dwayne Wade are best buds, right? When they're out, are they like, man, shooting threes is fun. Yeah, <laughs> sure, sure is. Sure do. Love I really like threes. throwing layups, you know, in the layup line. But I thought, I thought overall, um, it was okay. It's just good to have it back in our life. As soon as you hear, there is no whining in football. But football is back in wine country. I was like, oh. we're so back, baby. Did you catch that? that was my, I did not. That was Liev Schreiber just like at his Lievianist, uh, Lieviest. And it just made me so happy. I was like, this show just knows what it is. It's aware of what people want from it. And it delivers those things. You know, it gave me, it gave me guys on horses. It gave me a lot of footwork, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of good B-roll. Oh. Oh. Just those strings. Yeah, this is what I needed. I needed. It's 3.30 a.m. <laughs> and John Gruden is getting on his second coffee. Like, I just, I didn't, I, I want the, I want the ride to work, David. I want the drive. I want the alarm clock. I want the dark office. I want the one silhouette light. I want Mike Mayock at the draft board going, Mike Mayock liked Cleland Farrell, but nobody else did. Like I, I And need, then burying his face in his yes. hands like, what am I going to do? I need Mark Davis getting a haircut. 
Mm-hmm. Like these are, I need Mark Davis getting a haircut. All he right. goes to the same guy as me. Fuck. $20 a haircut in Harlem. I'm just realizing right now that I didn't like it as much as I thought I did. And I'm, the only reason I like this because Jonathan Abram is my guy. Uh, let's do Vince Carter now. When we come back, things are changing in Cleveland. There's a battle brewing in Dallas right now that I don't think is going to end anytime soon. And we need to update you on the biggest mm-hmm. man-to-man combat mm-hmm. known, the Bears kicking battle. That's all coming up. But first, let's check in with Vince Carter. I am here with a legend, one of the greatest athletes the universe has ever seen. And I will say that you are looking very svelte here on the golf course, yes, Vince Carter. Well covered, but comfortable. I am going to be so burned, That's and you're exactly. going to be. I can't yeah. do it, man. I got to keep. Damn. Keep the the the. I don't know. Walnut color. I don't know what. Wal- I Mocha. Ooh, Mocha. Mocha. There you go. I dig that. <laughs> um, I think you just finished, right? Yeah. So you're the first person I'm talking to who actually finished. How well, did no, you do? No, actually, we had two more holes to okay. go. Okay. You know, How'd we you were, do though? We did okay. We did okay. I. I it's one of those. You, Slow start and oh, as yeah. you get going. What was your was best shot of the day? Uh, I had a birdie putt <gasps> on. Thanks, man. I had a birdie putt, a couple birdie putts out here, a couple of great drives, a couple of 300 Damn. plus drives. So it worked out. Uh, you're going into what year now in the NBA? <laughs> this will be year 22. What How is it you? like? I'm 33. All right, there you go. But what is that like to come out of your mouth when you hear it? Uh, I'm one with it now. Uh, mm. If you were to ask me this maybe five years ago, it was, it was a little different. Like, you know, you had guys say, hey, you know, I had your poster on my right, wall. Right, right. But yet we're about to compete in a basketball, yeah. professional basketball game. Uh, I'm, I'm one with it now. So, uh, but it's, it's, it's cool. I'm blessed and thankful that I'm still able to receive phone calls at, at this age Hell and this yeah, many man. years. You know, so. I think the coolest thing is, too, is that some guys we go, okay, man, we get it. Yeah. It's been enough. For yeah. you, you're playing on all these different teams. You're, the stories that you're going to tell for all the different guys that you've played with over yeah. this time is yeah. Un, like yeah. you're also at an age where you're going to appreciate it. If you for were sure. younger, you yeah. like no. So the wisdom's got to be just yeah. pouring out. Absolutely. Of you at this point. I mean, it's great to kind of get the opportunity to play uh, in different cities with different uh, with different guys and and you know different franchises, and you kind of get to see no doubt the difference. And, yes. Uh, but you know, I, I think one more year of this and. You know, I'm, I'm gonna move on to something else. If we're inducting Vince Carter to the Hall of Fame, and we can only put in one dunk, I'll let you. I'll let them pick. For me, it's between dunk contest, which is wild because that's how much you killed it, and then the French guy. Yeah, but see, the only problem is they wouldn't be able to ever show the video because it's the Olympics. Because it's like private. Yeah, the Olympics Damn. and the NBA, so you'd have to pick. If you actually show a video, now if you show the picture, uh, maybe. K- but you know, it's all about the yeah, yeah it's all, all about the rights, you know, the rights to this or that. So, so that's the stuff. My show is typically an NFL show. Okay. Are you an NFL fan? Go Bucks. So Temple you Bay grew Buccaneers. up a Buccaneers fan? Forever and ever. Who was like your guys growing up? Warren Sapp is one of my good friends. Really. Uh, Jerry McCoy, who I'm sad to see go, is one of my really good friends. No doubt. And, you know so. Um, you know, we go. I go back. Uh, I mean, Doug Williams is. Uh, My former co-host was Chris Sims. Were you down yeah, with Chris yeah, Sims yeah, back uh, in the day? Yeah, I mean, Damn. we supported them all, but uh, you know, for sure, like Doug Williams, you know, one of the OGs uh, of our day. This is how much uh, I care Trent about Dilfer's you. Trent Dilfer's here. You know, I talk with him. You know, so. I love that you're a fan, fan. Yeah. So I'm an Eagles fan. Okay. And. Let's we get just gave y'all Deshaun Jackson. I appreciate Come that on, very man. much. Yeah. But I also think like early 2000s, okay. our little playoff back and forth mm-hmm. where we knocked out Sean King and then yeah. Rondé yeah. Barber. Yeah. 
yeah. took my soul as yeah. a child growing yeah. up. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> what was your, like, because a lot of people see you as an athlete and you're kind of cool with everything. But when the Bucks won the Super Bowl, where oh, three, were you? Earth Raiders. Uh, where was I? Did you really take it in? Where did oh, you get three. to be a fan? So I was in Toronto. Uh, so that was during the season in Toronto. I couldn't tell you exactly. But, yeah, oh, for sure. You know, if we're, uh, you know, some hotel in a um, ballroom with the yeah. TV going. Yeah, I was watching my guys. Obviously, because of the season, it's tough unless it's in your city or you happen to be in the city. Uh, you know, we don't get a chance to go there uh, unless it's an off day and, and, you know, you take that flight somewhere. But Dude. I was definitely tuned in watching. Lynch, I mean, Derek oh, yeah, Brooks, yeah, Rondé you know. Barber, Warwick Dunn, yeah, Allstott. Yeah. Did you have Sap, jerseys like, growing up? Uh, I had a few. I had a Sap jersey. I have a few now. I have a couple of, you know, so I uh, last last summer. Uh, I went over to training camp yeah. while they were there, and I did their last home preseason game before I had to uh, report to, to camp. And, and I was out there hanging with the guys, and, and, and Mike Evans and Deshaun, and all of yeah. us were just chatting it up, and, and Jameis. So it was, uh, it's cool, you know. Like I said, that was really the first time, uh, believe it or not, being a Bucks fan. They they knew it, but that was my first time actually being able to get down there to practice. My first time ever sitting, so cool. uh, being. Um, Along the field with the guys and, yeah. and talking with them, so it was cool. I mean, and when they came, when they were in Atlanta, I was there as well, Man. rooting for the Bucks. How much joy did you? feel? I'm a like? real Bucks fan, though. I can fucking tell. Win dude. And, and and losing seasons. Like even like you were growing up and they had like those jerseys getting their ass kicked all the time. Yeah, with when the, the guys were wearing the bags. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, the actually, old I, have, I had the I have a couple of hats from back then. I respect that. Yeah, man, it's great. Um, the joy that you felt for the city of Toronto yeah. to get this title. I'll tell you what, and, and I'm going to tell you what was more special. I, cu- I couldn't be there for uh, games one and two, uh, family obligations, yeah. but just to be there for games, uh, game five uh, at home and, and to be honored and, and addressed with the crowd and then kind of game six being there, calling the games yeah. and seeing them win was just insane. It's kind of awesome where the game is right now, man. It feels yeah, it like is. it's at a special, special place. It is, it is. Um, like, I'm, I'm upset that I see, like, the NBA contracts, and I want to no, fight for the upset. NFL. Well, I want to fight for the NFL. Oh, oh, yeah. If you, you would have come 15 yeah, years exactly. later, Yeah, exactly. Even 10 years ago. <laughs> but I look at the NFL guys. Like, I had Todd Gurley on, like, a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and he was like, man, I just got a $40 million contract, and there's a dude in the NBA whose name I don't even Who's know. Making, and he doubled yeah, me yeah, up. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's just wild, That's dude. That's the way it is, man. I mean, just think, this guy's making $40 million a year. 40 a year. I could sit here with Vince Carter all, all freaking day. Oh, you could too? Yeah, man. I, all right. This um, is what I do. Oh, here you go. But no, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I, I think the one thing about the NBA that's, uh, you know, it's like you said, it's in a good place. Uh, we're seeing a lot of talented guys. Um, I, I think the NBA would take off even more if there was a little more parity. I think we're going to get opinion. it now. Uh, well, I mean, we're getting it. With the and, twos and instead of the super team yeah, threes. Yeah, you know, because now it leaves you in a spot where you're like, damn, I don't know who's going to win. Right. Instead of saying, yeah, Golden State's going to win. It felt like the era so, just ended, though, didn't it, a yeah, little bit? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a pretty cool situation. And I, I tip my hat to Golden State for being able to put together a team like that. And, yes. you know, we can, we can be upset all we want. They didn't do anything illegal. Nope. And they drafted, they drafted most well. of those guys. They got players who were willing to come yeah. to their team for a discount. For a discount. That's when you for know the, your culture's you know, your great is, and the coach yeah. is awesome. We're going to end on 2019-2020 uh, Bucks season. What, what's what's the Vince Carter outlook on the team? Bruce Arians now at the helm. Jameis um, coming back. I, I think this is kind of a, a, another fresh start. <laughs> I said Damn. another. Damn. But uh, I, I like where we are and what he stands for. No nonsense. 
get our, our work done type of guy. So I, I think that's going to rub off. And it's always good for a young team. And, you know, anytime you have a, a bunch of young guys and you have a, an older coach that's yeah. been around, old school coach. And he's cool, I, too. I, exactly. And I think that's just great for, for our organization. Um, you know, we go as Jameis goes. Ain't that the truth? Yeah, yeah, and, and for one, you know, and I sound like, you know, you, th- you would think I play football all the time, but, you know, uh, our defense will take care of itself. Yes. We've been notorious you got for that young decent, linebacker for, right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. White. Yeah, so we've been we've been good. It's just now when our offense catches up, and we have talent, we have the ability. We do. So you know, Mike Evans is top five. Absolutely, absolutely. So when you put the two together, you know, we're, we're, make, we're making a playoff. Run. Chris Godwin's going to make a big yeah, year. Absolutely, we're going to make a playoff push. If you guys are out there, thirty-three percent. And someone ever makes fun of you for saying we or our, just let them know that Vince Carter, when he talks about the Tampa Bay Bucks, All says day. We, we and our. Every because day. being a fan is fucking dope. Yeah, hey, on top of that. Hey, I'll put, I say we in person on social media. We. Bucks, bucks, bucks all day. I love that. Shout out to Eden. Making this happen. Let's go. VC. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate you, my man. Yeah, you guys. I really want to watch a uh, Tampa Bay game now with Vince Carter. Sure. I'm going to see if it's possible. Probably not. Um, but let's go right with the Bears kicking battle. You said that you've actually looked stuff up. Yes. Is it? Can I read the information from Monday? I would Just, love for you to read okay. any information you have. So... Because I have the information to trump that information as soon as... I just want to make sure you had different information. I do. So Saturday apparently was amazing between Panero and Elliot Fry. For those that don't realize, the Bears season ended on the double doink. Uh, they were one of the best teams in football. To be honest, I've done a lot of research on the Bears, and if they don't win this year, they're very much in trouble moving into the future. I don't say that lightly. They traded multiple picks for Khalil Mack. Uh... And they don't really have the future. And with Khalil Mack's salary, they're not going to be able to be big players in free agency. This is a huge year for the Bears. So they need to make sure the kicking game is correct. Eddie Pinero, Elliot Fry. Eddie Pinero, incredible college kicker. Elliot Fry. Florida Gators, baby. Trying to do it. Saturday, they were both incredible. We talked about a week ago when they were kicking 60 yarders against each other. Apparently, Monday was really bad. Uh, Elliot Fry, uh, my guy. Went 7 of 9, but missed from 45 and 43. Your guy, Panera, went 6 of 9, missed from 39, 44, and 53, prompting Matt Nagy to say they know they've got to do better. One of the things I'm watching Thursday night of all the preseason games, Panthers, Bears, if there was red zone, all I'd want is Elliott Fry, Panera. I want to know who's taking the first kick. I want shots of them on the sideline looking I nervous. I hope that Matt Nagy is such a baller that it's third and five from the 30, and he says, I'm afraid we might get a first down. Panero, go kick it. Right. Like, you weren't ready to kick it? Too bad. Like, I hope that everything is geared around the kicking. So what do you have that I didn't know about, Mr. Um, Panero fan? Yeah, so I'm Team Panero. It's Pinero, actually. So they've got the Enye. Um, So I, I went a little deep dive on their Instagrams. Oh, man. Which is something that's usually your trademark yeah. move. Uh, I went on Elliot Fry's Instagram. This man has dozens of photos of him with his girlfriend or fiance on beaches, going on ski trips, going to ugly sweater parties for yeah. Christmas. This man Harry has a very, fun, a very fun, rounded out life. And you know what? I'm sure you really enjoy it. You go on my man Eddie Pinero's 
Instagram page. It is nothing but football. We're talking about quotes about football, tweets about football, videos of him kicking, him in in jerseys, him, you know, like cheering on his teammates. It's nothing but football. I had to go all the way back to May 16th, 2016 to find him in a beach chair. Uh, anywhere on his Instagram now. Damn, that really makes me upset. I know. I knew you. you got I knew the this football would get you. Guy. <laughs> I got the guy that oh. is exclusively focusing on football. Now, look, Elliot Fry. I'm sure you have a wonderful girlfriend. I'm sure she. You know, you you guys have a great relationship. <laughs> Seems like you go and on really cool trips. Him. There's this one photo where like they're on a beach and you can see he's got like tan lines for days. Like this man is like getting outdoors and like living yeah. it up. And I I love that for you. I want that. I want Elliot Fry to have a good time on weekends as much <sighs> as possible because my man Eddie Pinero is grinding on the turf. Oh, what do you think? Man. Yeah, it kills me. <laughs> it kills me. You know, I, I wanted, I, I was hoping that you were going to tell me that Elliot Fry's Instagram page was just packed with Pythagorean theorems to, to measure the shortest distance. <laughs> He's just like this math whiz. And uh, that, really, that really hurts my heart. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie that you got the super focused football guy and I got old Tanny McGee, <laughs> yeah. Elliot Fry. <laughs> Danny Tanner. But I'm still feeling good about it. You should. We're going to find out. I just, what's so funny is, um, I've talked about this book before that was written by Michael Lewis, where it was talking about a bias. And it was one of the first chapters was about the Houston Rockets and how um, they don't believe in having private workouts anymore. Mm. Because why would I value the 80 shots that you put up in front of me over the like 8,000 shots that I have charted. So they, they found that like someone could come and have like one good workout and it would negatively impact. They, it would positively impact their view of him them. and it would skew them. I mean, that's interesting for the Rockets specifically because they talked about Dwight Howard making like 20 free throws in a row in practice every time. It's just funny to me that Elliot Fry and Panero are probably going to kick hundreds of kicks for the Bears, mm-hmm. but it's going to come down to like if Panero misses like a 40 Seven yarder against the Panthers on Thursday, exactly. and Fry hits a forty-four. Like they're going to base it off the one, and really, should the Bears keep both kickers on roster? There's no way that a, a team can justify two roster spots. You throw maybe one on the ki- on the practice squad, but you can always just pick him back up. We right? found that Panero's better in early game situations, and Fry's better late. But I like what you're saying that like it's going to come down to one kick, but in a way it's not kick. because like I feel that way whenever I'm watching game seven of any right. sort of series and it's like, oh, my God, it's all going to come down to this one free throw. Well, it's not because every team had a chance yes. to separate themselves earlier in the series. By the way, accumulating all the kicks from training camp thus far, Pinero's kicking 84.8. Elliot Fry is kicking 83 points. I mean, it could not be tighter. <sighs> my man Pinero, though, in 2017 went uh, 17 for 18. And, you know, playing in the SEC, like some like some legit yes. pressure, like 17 for 18 is no joke, man. Um, hey, Nick, you mind if you punch that button that makes all the cool woe sounds come out? Because I've got a few for the audience. Whoa! Yeah. Whoa. 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 Season. We're flipping it around. David, I'm proposing him to you, and I want to hear your reaction. I'm delighted by this. First, we're starting off at Patriots camp. Hmm. Don't look now, but Jared Stidham, rookie quarterback, is, quote, turning heads. <laughs> at you love when camp. people turn heads. Like, I just I just imagine that everyone on the coaching staff has a neck brace on. Yeah. And it's a lot of effort to turn the heads. It's the uh, it's the tennis or ping pong audience just watching. Whoo, 
just looking. Yes. You know, that's that's all I picture is just a whole bunch of media guys, just their heads turning. Like, I'm not even going to read this shit. He's got good command. He's looks comfortable. Just the notion that like any quarterback that's on the same roster as Tom Brady, who just signed an extension is even relevant. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't care about Jared Stidham until three years from now. Of course not. When Tom Brady's coming up and then like Jared Stidham's like, okay, are you the guy now? What I find really funny though is like that Ponzi scheme mentality. If we can just keep rolling this over, it's like they take a fourth round draft pick of Jared Stidham. They're like, if he plays pretty well in preseason, we might be able to flip him for a third round pick. There we go. Now we got value. It's like, what is that? But they keep doing it. I know. I'm saying it's just this never ending cycle until one day, like it all turns out that the Patriots haven't like, they have no draft picks left in 2028. Well, the, the crazy thing to me always is these teams, they go and they, they trade for these guys and they really don't get to meet these guys first. Mm. They don't even know what they're about. And I've always believed the Patriots are the perfect place to succeed. They handle all of the bullshit for you that you just have to do your job. Sure. And so going and running and just following Tom Brady and then playing in a preseason game and looking good, like the fact that like a franchise like the Dolphins would be like, He'd be great with us. Mm-hmm. Like, no, that's not how it works. Although Jimmy Garoppolo like played awesome for the Absolutely. Patriots, and the 49ers were like, let me just throw some money at this dude. And Jacoby Brissett might get played some really starts well. this year. Yeah, if Andrew Luck's injuries are still a thing. You know who else is a great former Tom Brady backup? Cliff Kingsbury. He got a great job. He did. Um, Trying to think of it's not a quarterback, I'm but he's a to great go job. Up and back with you, back former backups, Matt Castle. Matt Castle played got a lot of okay money for like four games. Michael Bishop played in NFL Europe. Michael Bishop. Remember That's that really dude? He one. used to come in at the end of the first half and throw 60-yard Hail Marys because Tom Brady didn't have the arm for it. Hold on. There's so many guys. Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer. Hoyer. I got that one. That was me. Yeah, though, you get that. All right, so now, do you have to do another backup? Uh, Kevin O'Connell. Ken, O'Connell or O'Connor? One of them's a reporter. One Who's of them's the guy a... they drafted from the LSU back in the day? Rohan Davey? <laughs> Rohan Davey. I'm counting that. Uh, Ryan Mallett? Do we? No, we Oh, man. They picked him up from Arkansas. He was like a... a I love that pick. Ryan Mallett was like the guy that Brady felt a little bit a little intimidated by. by. It's the Michael Vick thing. We always yes, go back to yes. it's like no one wants their backup to be like coming at you a little too athletic. I don't know any other backup. Because <laughs> they really don't do veterans. It's like the three-year v- rookie thing. Yeah. Kevin O'Connell, I guess, is now a coach in the league. He's an OC somewhere, yeah. Did you already say that? I, I mentioned him, yeah. Damn. Okay, then you win. Okay. Uh, I have another woe for you. This is This makes me feel so great. This tweet is from Matt Lombardo. Uh, there's a young Giants fan in attendance at training camp, can't be older than 12, went up to Daniel Jones and said, quote, Daniel Jones, you shouldn't have been the number six draft pick. You didn't deserve it. <laughs> oh, my God. Are you fucking kidding me? So we always like talk about like who That's has the best a, roasts, who uh, has the best burns. Sometimes like the simplest thing is is just the, the thing that cuts innocent. the deepest. A By the way, innocent. we forgot one backup quarterback for Tom Brady. We forgot Drew Bledsoe as a backup for Tom Brady oh, at some yeah. point. We, I just I needed to say that. But, yes, yeah, go so ahead, man. please. No, I just um, – Daniel Jones in this preseason game on Thursday night, I already went through the schedules uh, – this is how I'm going to watch Thursday night football. Um, I'm going to try and watch the Eagles and stream that. They're playing the Titans at 7:30. But the national game, Jets Giants, is the national game at seven on NFL Network, and then Chargers Cardinals at 10. So really, what I get to do is I'm going to watch Daniel Jones, and then I'm going to watch Kyler Murray. Nice. So I think those are both very good picks for the NFL Network. And then Friday, I'm going to wake up very early and watch as much as I can of all the other games. Mm-hmm. Just to see who's starting in preseason football. Every year I get done and I go, that was a waste of my fucking time. But I'm just so excited football's back. But that game, 
It's seven o'clock. Eli might not play. It's the it's the prime time NFL game, and Daniel Jones is going to be out there. Yeah, he the, wants to get a the couple. The bar of, is so low for him, man. He just needs to throw a couple of dimes. If he throws like. I remember Saquon Barkley against the Lions in their first preseason game broke one out like for like 30 yards and they pulled him. That's the dream scenario. Right. Is Daniel Jones goes out there, executes a drive, throws a 25-yard post to Evan Ingram, and they have a handshake. By the way, very important for me. <laughs> if I see two guys go up and they're like, bop, 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 I'm like, the chemistry is brewing right because now. Because you know Evan Ingram wouldn't Respects have donated that time. Exactly. He wouldn't have spent the time to come up with a handshake if he didn't think it was an investment worth making. Yes. Like, even Carson Wentz's corny ass would go up to wide receivers and they'd, they'd he'd have the one where he'd shake his hand and then fix his tie. Nice. And I was like, no, like, Carson is so good that they have to have a handshake. Right. And I, Daniel Jones has handshakes with nobody on the team. I'm very willing to bet that. Like him and Eli are like, like that weird thing where like one of them grabs a thumb no, back. One of them goes for the fist pound and the other, the other one goes, one goes for the goes handshake. handshake yeah. And they do the thing that I call the socket. <laughs> yeah, the socket. Where it's just like, <laughs> it just looks like a shoulder bone. Yes. In there, yeah. um, but so excited to see Daniel Jones just looking through the other preseason games. Um, Obviously the Browns, but I don't think we're going to see any of the big name guys. Really, it's the rookies that we care about. Yeah. So like, if we see Mark, if we see uh, Hollywood Brown for the Ravens, I'd love that. Do we get a series of Nick Foles for the Jaguars? Is Miles Sanders the real deal for the Eagles? Is Jared Stidham really turning heads for the Patriots? Um, and, and then I just want to see Kyler Murray. Like I am over the moon excited for Kyler Murray. And talk about a guy that we're we're we as Twitterverse are so excited for that first play where he breaks one around the side or he he jukes somebody in the backfield and gets an eleven extra yards. Yes, that we're we are so dying for that first play where we're like, see, that is speed right there, and it's going to destroy the NFL. The other thing that I always say is I want to make sure that the guys in the draft process that everybody told me were big still look big. Mm-hmm. So. Um, Who's the DK mom? Metcalf or somebody like DK Metcalf. I want to see like he we've been talking about him being huge the whole time when he's in a jersey and he's on an NFL field Does he look and he huge, looks though? across at Chris Harris Jr. of the Broncos. I need him to look the part. Right. Because if all of a sudden he doesn't look that big, that was a whole narrative. The was it the, the defensive lineman for the Giants? Oh, Dexter Lawrence. Dexter Lawrence. That dude's monster. I but I I want him to go on the field and be like, who the hell is that? Mm-hmm. And because sometimes we build up these guys, like in my head, TJ Hawkinson, the tight end for the Lions, was called Baby Gronk. Okay, well then when I turn on the game, I want him to look a little bit like Gronk. Yeah. But if he fits in, like if I'm like, oh, he just looks like a normal tight end, I lose a lot of my excitement. I I I mean, yeah. Kyler, I need him to escape the pocket, and I need people to look like they're in slow motion. Right. Like even if it's just he's, he scrambles out of bounds, I need a defensive end to do that thing where they're like in a circle, like pawing at air. <laughs> like I need to see that just once, a glimmer of it. Do you remember that Carson Wentz highlight from a couple years ago where he was just being tackled by six guys do and somehow that. just magically it's my emerged? Gif of all time. I was gonna say, I'm sure you watched Washington. it a hundred times. Yeah. I I want one of those from Kyler where he just emerges like. Like Danny Woodhead, you yes. know, a pile of six foot nine guys, yeah. and then he's just out, and it's like, dude, Kyler Murray, he's gonna do some special stuff. I, that to me, first week preseason game is just like, give me football, like yeah. I, I need it right now. Yeah. Okay, so my last woe is apparently the culture in Cleveland is so different 
that the leaks have been plugged. I love this quote from Freddie Kitchens. I didn't realize this. I had, I had met this guy, Zach Gelb, uh, at a broadcasting seminar, and then he had me on his radio show. Well, he had Bob Wiley on his radio show. Uh, Bob Wiley was the offensive line for the Browns that yep. became a hard knocks legend last year because of, huh, 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 yeah. and his whole belly would move. Bob Wiley went on his radio show and pretty much said Freddie Kitchens was not the reason that offense exploded last year. It was the quarterback's coach, Ken Zampezi, and we all feel left out because Freddie Kitchens got the job and then said peace to all of us. Mm. Freddie Kitchens had energy at the press conference when he was asked about it, where he said, ask Bob who visited him in the hospital every week. As Bob, Bob wasn't under contract. Like, he just aired out all the truth about Bob Wiley that it sounded like Bob Wiley was just a friend of the organization and kept him around. And then soon after that, he addressed the leaks. And he said this with such vitriol in his eyes that I got so excited for the future of the Browns. He said the days of inside information, the days of unnamed sources and stuff like that have ended. So you're not going to get any information like that ever. Anybody. And if I ever see it, they're fired immediately. That's the way we're running this organization, and I can take it. John Dorsey can take it. We won't crack. I promise you. I want to say that, one, the beat reporter in Cleveland, Mary Kay Cabot, is one of the best reporters that this league has. I've done so many videos with her over the year, it's crazy. But the reason she's such a good reporter is she's been around that organization, and there's been so much carryover that she's got a lot of sources. So probably the reason Freddie Kitchens got rid of all these old standbys is everybody is like, man, we've all worked at jobs. I just wish this company was how it was before. And I'm going to say something like they find ways to to do that stuff. Mm -hmm. Freddie Kitchens cleaning out all of the rats and telling the media pretty much. If you guys report something that comes from a source, I'm just letting you know that if I find out who it was, I'm going to fire them. In a weird way, it puts a lot of pressure on the media, too. Well, yeah, protecting your sources like ultra, ultra. Sure. Because you don't want to lose that source. But it also makes you go, I'm not reporting a source. I'm not doing a story with a source unless it's meaningful shit. Right. Like meaningful. Is it really worth it to say who the nickel corner might be? Mm-hmm. Or if it's Antonio Callaway or Higgins battling it out for the third wide receiver, you know it might not I, be worth it. You know where I can see this heading is, uh, let's say Mary Kay Cabot or some other Cleveland shout out reporter. To Mary Kay. Yeah, shout out. Uh, let's say... Like, let's say one of these reporters, they hear something from a, quote, anonymous source, and they don't report it, but they utilize it in future yes. reporting, right? I could see this happening where now this reporter has, it comes armed with this, this nugget of information, and they ask Freddie Kitchens about something they shouldn't know about. And then Freddie Kitchens looks at them and he says, who told you that? Who gave you that? And then we're going to have that, that amazing. Fascinating. Yeah. Fascinating. Uh, that, but couldn't you see that happening in the media The reason world? that it really resonated with me is Freddie Kitchens has been painted as this Alabama happy-go-lucky, mm. I can't believe I have a head coaching job, and the number one question that I get asked on radio shows is, is this opportunity too big for him? And to see Freddie Kitchens turn into ball coach and say, this is my organization, I hadn't seen that yet. I've only heard, I like Baker. He's a lot of good time. <laughs> Odell's great. Happy to have him back. But for him to go, this is not the same Browns. Because my issue with the Browns is their owner. Their owner thinks that he can do whatever he wants, and it's his little playpen, and he doesn't know what he's doing. His 
his company had a $93 million bankruptcy case. So I'd, I'm still questioning a lot of things about old Haslam. But I look at, at Freddie Kitchens, and as I do more and more research to make my picks in the next two weeks, and then as we go to Vegas, I'm going to put my real money on these picks too, I'm getting more and more confident about the Browns. And it scares me to death because it's, it's betting on the Browns to win the division is the, the equivalent of saying this is the year the Patriots and Tom Brady fall off. Mm-hmm. Every year, you're going to look dumb. But I really think this is the year for the Browns. They got a, the high-powered offense. And yeah, high-powered Kareem offense. Out, Kareem, fresh legs. Kareem joining the team for the second half. Second half, uh, energy boost, all that. Plus, um, Miles ben, Garrett. Ben loses Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. Like it seems like it. It just seems like it's up for grabs. Yeah. Uh, I want to end on this though. We talk a lot about on money and contracts in the NFL, and we always talk to about reporters and who reports the news. Again, I'm not insulting anybody. When if I was a reporter and the Cowboys came to me and said we've made very generous offers to Zeke, Amari, and Dak, all top five, I'm going to report that. So I'm never blaming the reporter. Jane Slater, NFL Network, is beloved by the Cowboys organization. She's always going live. She goes live from there during draft day, which means the team is they can be selective too. They can be like, I don't want that person. You know, and the NFL never can go sorry, but it might not work out. But she reported this, and the Jones family will not shut up. And they're really only going to hurt themselves in these negotiations. They came out and released this story early in the day that they had given generous offers. Okay, that is state news. One, when you tell me you've given them a top five offer, is that top five overall? Is that top five guaranteed money? I don't care about overall. We've seen a lot of these guys where they get like a $100 million deal with 20 guaranteed. Right. We care about top five guaranteed. It came out from Josina Anderson later in the day, as we've noted on this podcast, the player's reporter, which means it came from Zeke and Cabo, that Zeke is more than willing to whisk games this year. Then Stephen Jones went on a radio show later in the day. Why are you doing a radio show? You're a businessman. Stop giving away information. If I was negotiating with Bleacher Report and Bleacher Report did a radio show where they said, well, you know, Dan Patrick's paid this much, but we think he's more of a Nick Wright. Like, I'd be like, why are you telling people this? Like, you guys are saying it's just you and me talking here and you care about me, but like you keep exposing me. So here the Cowboys are going out and he says, we think it's more Le'Veon Bell than Gurley, a.k.a. We think he's more $13 million a year than $14 million a year. Zeke does not have the injury history of Gurley. He is not coming off a year of not playing football by Le'Veon Bell. Mm-hmm. And he's won the rushing title two of three years. And then Zeke comes out at nine o'clock at night. And there's a video, first video I've seen of him in Cabo in a four-wheeler just driving by. People are going, Zeke, and he just keeps going. And that's where Zeke's mindset is. I don't care. I I firmly believe that Zeke is going to miss games this year. Mm. And the only way it's going to turn around is that the Cowboys lose games. They play the Giants' first game of the year. What I love about that is that means they're going to look across the sideline and see a top five running back in Saquon. And they're going to see how much the Giants lean on him. And then they're going to look at their own running backs and go, 
man, this would be really great if we had our guy. Yeah. I think Zeke's going to miss games. I believe that Melvin Gordon's going to miss the entire year. I'm just letting everyone know I'm not drafting either of those guys in fantasy. But I think the Zeke thing is going to get really ugly because I think what's going to happen is Jerry, as I've said before, is going to throw his support back in Elliot's face. I fought for you with your domestic violence. I fought for you with your indecent exposure. I fought for you for this. You owe me something. And Zeke's going to go, you told me that I didn't do anything wrong. You told me that I was the victim. Because that's what Jerry Jones said in the public. And now Jerry's trying to use that to his advantage. And Zeke is not one of those guys that I think is going to go, you're right. Zeke is in another country. He's creating separation. Yeah. And I think it's going to be separation that goes into the season, which I think will be very interesting. And it will be overblown because nothing gets talked about more than the Dallas Cowboys in this country. Oh, yeah. I could see it being, I mean, leading the, the front page of every major sports site for 12 straight weeks. Zeke date, Zeke update, Zeke watch. Yeah. Uh, are you going to watch any of the uh, Patriots-Lions game Thursday night at 7.30? Uh, it'll probably have it on, but uh, <laughs> I just I I really you're, don't you're... enjoy watching preseason football because the Patriots will go 0-4 and people will say, is there something wrong with Brady? It's like, no, it doesn't You're matter. probably going to have to stream it illegally on Reddit. So I don't know if you're going to be able to watch it. <laughs> I have if a you television want. and cable. Oh, you're it's saying not, it's just it's like not, not going to be on. Yeah. So what I'll do is I'll have my dad watch it, just set up his phone, and I'll FaceTime his phone Stop. so I can watch it. <laughs> Stop. Uh, but I would love, um, you know what? This is what we're going to do. Yeah. If It just hit me. If you have a PS4 and you don't have Madden yet, I have a code. But here's the deal. I'm not, I'm just letting everybody know. I'm not being this guy that's just like throwing codes on the internet and like getting begged all the time. If you send me uh, your, the setup that you have for a preseason football game on Thursday night. I like this. And you tweet at me and it's, um, you're just tweeting at me how you're watching, watching preseason football. Uh, I will put you in the running to win a Madden code for ps4 um, like your battle station like where yeah your, i want to see the battle TV, station your, yeah and the more elaborate you get the better chance you have to win i like this um like if someone somehow has seven preseason games up like bro you've <laughs> earned it so if uh, that guy though exists and doesn't already have madden though yeah, like what are we dealing with question. uh but guys i want you to enjoy your weekend i want you to enjoy all of the games uh we're gonna be coming back monday and it's gonna be I'm, I'm getting into my battle station right now. A lot of news, a lot of notes, and I'm going to try and synthesize it in a way in which it explains future betting, betting overs and unders, and the injuries and the moves that I think will impact the season because I'm going to th – this weekend's work, mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm fucking excited. Start so for Ingber, I'm Lefko, the L-E-F-K-O-E man. Uh, Vince Carter – Congratulations on everything. Welcome back to the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, have fun kicking it with uh, your teammate's dad. Uh, and that's it. You got anything to say? Uh, if you're making your scrambled eggs in under five minutes, your flame is up too high. It should be a low and slow process. Really good advice yet again. Peace out, guys. Holla, 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 holla. Glasses.